Welcome to Tamar Talks, where music is constant and discovery is endless. Now your host is ready to tell it all, Ashley Tamar! Hey you guys, what's up? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to me, it's your girl Ashley Tamar, aka Tamar Davis. I'm so glad you're joining me on Tamar Talks Radio, Tamar Talks Podcast. I have so much fun doing these podcasts. I wish you could see me sometimes. I have some things coming up so that you can see me while I'm talking and discussing some great topics. Always trying to bring the awareness to anything and everything that I come across, people that I come across that I feel like need the opportunity to be heard, music to be played from independent artists. And so this week we have a fun special guest, another musician who is really talking some real true knowledge about having different revenues of income. And it's something that growing up as an 80s baby, that was not heavily discussed in our community, even in my home. And so I'm so glad to have Mike Burton on Tamar Talks Radio. Um, But I did want to announce a new thing. I've come across this amazing deck of cards with words, and I am really trying to up my vocabulary. And I was thinking, hmm, I want to help other people up their vocabulary and use words in their vocabulary as they move forward in their journey. So our first word of the week I'm trying to do word of the days, but I'm not trying to overdo it. But the first word of the week is querulous. And it's an adjective. It's spelled Q-U-E-R-U-L-O-U-S. And it means inclined to complain, irritable. So I know sometimes we complain or someone will say, how are you doing? You're like, you know what? I have nothing to complain about. And I was like, maybe I should just try to use that in a sentence. (laughs) Ashley's complaint letter received prompt attention after the company labeled her a querulous potential troublemaker. So you guys send me in how you're using the word querulous in your conversation and in sentences, and I will definitely air them on Tamar Talks Radio. All right. Are you ready for some edutainment news about the entertainment business and more? Well, I am. Here is some interesting news that I found out. Sony Music signs exclusive distribution deal with the Prince Estate. You guys know my relationship to the greatest of all time, Mr. Prince Rogers Nelson. And I think it was pretty interesting because anytime I see an article on Prince, I really try not to read it because I don't know where the source is coming from. But this one is really, really legit. According to Music Business Worldwide, the Prince catalog covered under the new agreement will be distributed by Legacy Recordings with worldwide rights beginning immediately to 19 album titles originally released between 1995 and 2010. So, of course, when I saw those years, I was like, oh, my gosh, that means 3121, which I was so blessed to be a part of and more on that in some interesting announcements coming your way. But of course, as I read it, it lo and behold, 3121 is a part of that catalog. And it's already hard to talk about it, but Sony did finally sign a, an exclusive deal. The agreement includes rights to other previously released material recorded post-1995, including singles, B-sides, remixes, non-album tracks, live recordings, and music videos. So, oh my goodness, you know, I don't know when this stuff will go down, but I guess I will have to look out for it and because um, I am a part of it and that's a little 
hard in itself. But that's that. In other news, I found it very interesting about this topic that I have coming your way. Um, According to Music Business Worldwide, 32% of Spotify's leadership team are now female. Yes, 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 Spotify. You go, you go, you go. According to the Associated Press, Spotify finally published its diversity data report. And the report basically says that based on the firm's June 2018 statistics, globally, women occupy 31.9% of leadership roles, which is a significant number. And I'm not like, oh, pro-women, pro-this, pro-that. Although, because I'm a woman, I'm going to vouch for my females. Yes. (laughs) It's just really good to see women in the diversity side of things and just women in, in general in high positions because let's be real as a as a woman or as a young boy you when you see things before your eyes you either strive to be like that or it repels you to be like that and I feel like especially in the music business there's so much so much growth that still needs to take place. I feel like there, as far as the African-American women, there's a very small, small percentage of higher-ups, such as Ethiopia and Warner Brothers and Miss Sylvia Rohn, of course, my mentor, Sharon Hayward, Miss Gail Mitchell at Billboard, Miss Karen Lee, who's a publicist, that's still like, you can really only count them on one hand, and that's still pretty sad. But Spotify is changing that. Um, and it, and the board has 33% female representation. And it, Spotify is even owning up to the fact that they still have serious work to do. I feel Part of my platform is to continue to inspire artists to not just always be on stage, but to learn about other opportunities behind the scenes, like research and development, marketing, A&R, creators, content creators, seamstress, wig designers, wardrobe designers. Um, I mean, just there's so many things that we can do as women, and I I feel like it's more to us than just performing, honestly. And I feel like as an artist who is mainly on the stage or in front of the curtains, I would love to see more women behind the curtains because I feel like when we band together and see each other behind and on stage, we there's a, a balance that needs to take place. And so I applaud Spotify for that. Um, but yet the number of Spotify's black employees in the U.S. is, is still up 3.6%, according to the Associated Press. And, um, you know, The the article even kind of talked about how companies with over 250 employees, even in the UK, they're legally required to publish their gender pay cap features um, and figures as of April 2017 to shed light on it. And I know we hear a lot of the celebrities talk about it and, you know, a lot of people who don't have the money like the celebrities, we, you know, a lot of people in those circles are always saying, well, you have money, but yet you're still vouching for more money. But you got to realize when women are fighting or when anyone's fighting that's ahead of us or who've already paved a way, it helps us along the way. And so we have to really support one another. I don't know how much people are asking for. I don't know how much people are getting compared to women or minorities or black women or Asian women or Latina women. The reality is there is still a gender gap. And so I supplied Spotify for, um, you know, making an initiative and, and kind of closing that gap. 
enough about me. Now it's time for the fun stuff. Please enjoy this interview by Mr. Mike Burton, saxophonist and producer, plays with Who's Who and the You Know Who, Mike Burton. Hey, you guys, it's your girl Ashley Tavar, a.k.a. Tavar Davis with Tavar Talks Podcast. I don't know what's wrong with me right now. I'm so excited to welcome longtime friend. He is a producer. He's a musician. He plays the saxophone. He's not only work on his own projects, but he is always doing some crazy solos. He used to be in the background, and then somehow he just got on top on on stage. And then when his solos came, he got in front of the talent. Please welcome to Tamar Talk <laughs> Podcast, Mister <laughs> Mike Burton. What's up? <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, sir. I wouldn't have it any other way. Y'all, we laughing because I don't know why I'm stumbling on my words. Um, Mike Burton and the crew, they, you know, they always know how to have a good time. And I feel like every time I talk to them or see them, we do nothing but laugh. So I guess for right. some reason that's why I'm laughing. But anyways, Mike Burton, <laughs> you guys, um, what's going on, Mike Burton? You you are a husband. Um, you're just doing a lot. But, I mean, people really know they need to hear from you, like, where all of this started, this musician side of you turned producer. Uh, well, the music started, I guess it's always been there. You know, my mom is a musician. She sings with the Mr. B. Mass Choir. She's one of the founding members of that group. So, I, you know, I was raised in a house full of music, you know, going to rehearsals with her. And my father played saxophone back in the day. So I was just, you know, just in my house. There was music all the time. And I started, I guess I started playing piano in elementary school. They were there for a couple of years, and I switched to saxophone when I got to middle school. And, uh, yeah, you know, started getting into jazz in high school. And figured, I guess by the age of 15, 16, like, this is what I uh, want to be doing. So I, they sent me off to college and, uh, you know, left school and started touring. Moved to Atlanta and been hustling ever since, you know. So that's kind of... Wait, you said Mississippi Mass Choir. Did you play for the Mississippi Mass Choir, too? No, who me or mom? Uh, Did you play for the Mississippi Mass Choir? Yeah, yeah, I, I played on their album uh, "Amazing Love." I guess it came out uh, a while back, maybe like two thousand, two thousand one, something like that. That was like one of my first national recordings. Like I got to play on. I was still in college. Um, but yeah, so I did that album, and then as, as a kid, you know, I was just always around the choir, you know, traveling with them, and going to rehearsals and hanging out backstage at the recordings, you know, trying not to get in trouble. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. So, like, what was your childhood like as far as, like, what schools did you go to? Were you, you know, your parents, of course, were supportive, but how did that shape you? Like, were you reading music? Was it hard? Were there any challenges? Like, what was it like? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I came up through the, the public school system, um, Jackson. And I started playing in the band at Chastain Middle School. I went to high school at Merrill High School. And we also had a, had a performing arts wing called uh, APAC, the Academic and Performing Arts Complex. And that's kind of where I started getting the jazz. So, you know, the, the, you know, at APAC, you know, just like you went to TVA in, uh, in Houston, um, they taught us, you know, music theory and uh, history and, uh, you know, piano and things of that nature. So when I went to college in Indiana University, you know, I was well well prepared just from my background in high school going to APAC. 
Um, so like I, I went to Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, Jacob School of Music is, is what it's called now. Uh, I got my bachelor's and my master's in music and jazz studies from there. And uh, like I said, since then, I've been touring and playing and making a living as, as a musician. But I, definitely had, I, I had a good foundation, you know, coming from Jackson, Mississippi, uh, in the school system there. So you know, I just think it's very important to keep music in the schools and keep programs that aren't just teaching band and chorus and that that's great but you know to have more programs that teach kids you know the theory and the history of music as well so if they want to go into it as, as a professional or go into it you know on the collegiate level they're already prepared somewhat before they even get to college you know with the background um to succeed have you noticed though in all your travels the lack of the music and the education of art have you noticed it um in any particular city Definitely all over in, in 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 my city in in Atlanta where I live now. Um, um, I, you know, I go around to some schools here and work with some of the students. Uh, just recently, I was working with some kids at a Tri Cities High School in East Point, Georgia, which is uh, which which is like a like a, a magnet school. They they have a you know they have a regular high school, but they also have a magnet school there. And you have people like from I think Big Boy from Outcast went there and. Uh, some members of Escape went there and TLC, like back in the 90s. So they have a great heritage of, you know, folks that come out of that school. But just recently, um, they've cut, like the jazz band was recently cut. They cut um, kids that, that were learning like pro audio and stuff like, you know, MIDI, working with computers and production and engineering, that kind of stuff. They cut that program as well. And, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure as to why it's being cut, but I know, you know, especially schools in our inner cities, we need kids to have those kind of outlets. So, you know, um, it's just very important that people see the, you know, the importance of the arts and, you know, get, giving kids an option, you know, to do something else outside of, you know, just math and science or athletics. You know, there's um, there's something else if you want to get into it and to show kids that you can't make a living doing it. So I think it's important. Yeah, that gets a little tricky because no matter what the stats always show when you have the creative arts and the arts in schools, you know, the numbers just are, you know, the numbers are higher. The dropout rate is completely low. And I don't know what it is. Do you feel like more artists need to be more hands-on? Like on the college level, um, you see more of the alumni giving back to the funding. I know for my school, it's always crazy billions and millions of dollars coming back into the schools, but when it comes into our minority schools, do you feel like more artists really need to be more hands-on? Do you feel like the schools need to be more, you know, uh, apt to having a secured outreach program? Like, what do you think the problem could be? I mean, yeah, I think us as, as, as pros in the business and artists, we have to start giving back. And, you know, even if our background isn't in education or arts education, you still can go in there and just to, just to talk to some students you can spark their interest, you know, you can just show them what's possible. You can show them a way out, you know. You might, you might have a kid who is, you know, I don't know, selling drugs or doing something they had, they had no business doing, but they, they have this talent, and they don't understand that they could actually do this and make a living and not have to be in the streets or doing whatever they're doing, you know. It could be something totally positive for them to turn their life around, you know. So we have to be more proactive and, and find our schools in the inner cities and, wherever, you know, and just go and give back and talk and, you know, sit with the students and do workshops and clinics and, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely up to us, you know. 
Well, all right, Mike Burton, you guys joining us on Tamar Talks Radio. Mike Burton has um, some projects out. I have been blessed to work with him as well. But, I mean, a lot of people don't know what it takes to pull these projects together, the phone calls we have to make. You know, we may not have the big budget like the big artists, but tell us how did that come about? Like, what did you, what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned in producing not only your latest project, of course, but all of your your musical endeavors? Oh, I guess, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a side man, which is what I am, I guess, you know, we back up artists, artists, you know, you go on tour, people, you kind of in the background, I guess, but you you can you you can never lose sight of, um, you know, trying to do your own thing as well. I think a lot of times young musicians, you know, they're so caught up in man, who you on the road with, who you touring with, you know, this and that. But it's like the, these artists will pick you up and put you down. You know, you know, you may be making some some good money as a musician, but they're making millions. So once they got their millions, they're gonna go sit down for some months or whatever. So you, it's always good to have your own thing rolling, have several streams of income as an independent artist. And uh, that's kind of where I've been. You know, like even when I was in college, I was writing my own music and putting all those CDs out. So I've always wanted to be a solo artist, but I've also wanted to tour and work with some of my favorites as I've done in the past. So, you know, just just try to do it all and, and not put myself in one, you know, one category. You know, I'm just not a saxophonist. I'm just not a you know, whatever. Like this guy can do many things. I I have a horn section, uh, Good Times Horns. We have Good Times Brass Band. We have a project out as well, and you know, in my own uh, projects that I put out. You know, just trying to just, just keep things going. You know, because this, this this industry is very simple, and uh, it's always good to have more more irons in the fire. You know, so that's kind of where that is. And also, just putting a you know putting a project together is you know. In, in my own uh, experience, it's been just through, you know, building relationships with people, with like-minded people, you know, like with you. I, you sang on my project, the producer, a lot of people that worked on the project were also in that Tyler Perry camp with us back back during that time. Um, this last project that it was basically my friends, the guys I played with in the Good Times Brass Band, which is, you know, a band that we've had for the past five or six years. We just, you know, I call in favors, like, hey, man, I'm working on some music. Could you put guitar on this? Could you put some horn lines on this, you play bass on this, and we all work together, you know, sometimes sometimes we barter, you know, uh, we, uh, I might play something for them, and they play something for me, but you, you know, you make it work, and uh, I think, you know, in the end, I, I hope it was, you know, it was a, a great project, so trying to work on the next one now. <laughs> well, you said something interesting, it's, it's the relationships and building that together, like, that, I, I have to applaud, I don't know what I was thinking about recently, how I have to applaud more of my male friends, musicians, because you guys are really like, yeah, man, I'll do it. Yeah, cool, whatever, yeah, whatever. When it comes to the female side, sometimes you don't even get a return phone call. Like, I have to applaud you guys on that because I'm sure even with the Good Time Brass Band and the and the section, like, I remember when y'all first started, and to see y'all on nationally televised, award shows as a unit still i really applaud the loyalty you know from you guys as a unit and then i'm sure adam blackstone when it comes to the musical directing side but can you tell us more about like how that came about like were you guys just kind of joking because you guys are always joking but were y'all joking and laughing or was it like a like hey let's meet up someone has an idea how did that come about well once again you know um 
like, like I was saying, as far as even you're doing your own project, it's always good to have many things going on at the same time. But the Good Times Brass Band, the Good Times Horns thing, had to be like 2012. Um, myself and Melvin Jones, who plays trumpet in the horn section and in the band, good friend of mine, I've known him for probably, I don't know, 16, 17 years maybe. We've been making music together probably 15 years. Good brother. And we, we were both doing the same tour together. And um, the tour was canceled like <laughs> we were headed to the airport the day we were going to, going on the road for like a three-month tour the tour is canceled that day and uh, i mean we, we we had turned down gigs sub stuff out to other musicians you know cause like man i'll be going three months you know um i kissed the wife and the baby's goodbye dad is gone i see y'all when i give back you know blah 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 you know so I'm, I'm, I'm headed out to the airport i get a phone call don't go to the airport tour has been postponed that turns into the tour is canceled, and I'm sitting looking crazy because you know as a, as, a, as a musician, like that's my job. I got I still have bills to pay, I still have uh, responsibilities to take care of, and um, so so that night I was you know I was a little down, depressed, and just trying to figure figure out my next move. And I was sitting just talking to my wife, who's sitting out on the porch, just brainstorming, like you know, um, trying to figure out what can I brand. Um, that nobody else is doing or just, you know, that's, that I do very well, something that I've, that I've already been doing. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to start a go-go band. I've always wanted to start like a second-line brass band, kind of New Orleans kind of style thing. Why not put those two things together and call some of my good friends and see if they can help me do it? And uh, I hit up Melvin Jones. I'm like, look, I got an idea, man, good times brass band. Because Melvin's always saying good times anyway. We've been playing together for everybody for, at that point, probably five, six years. Like, look, man, let's just put a name on this thing and see what happens, you know, because, you know, all you indie artists out there, young young musicians, brand yourself. Don't just be out here giving your stuff away for free. I mean, you know, give to you like Nike is a brand, you know. Uh, um, if you see that swoosh, you know what's going on. You know you know what it is. You know it's basketball. You know it's athletes wearing this stuff. They're making millions. So why can't you brand yourself as whatever, you know? And use this social media to your advantage, you know. Um, you, you can become whatever you want to be. The, the world is so much smaller now with, with social media. You can reach people all the way in the U.K. and Africa and Australia, wherever, you know, um, just by branding yourself. So that's what we did, you know. And um, I called up my buddies uh, that I've been playing with for years, Trey Gilbert, Gary Scott. Uh, at the time, Little John Roberts was with us. Um, Ray, Ray Marshall, who's on the road with Charlie Poole now. So a lot of us, we just... I was like, look, man, I ain't got no money to pay y'all, but let's meet in my house. We're going to rehearse in the basement every, every Monday. And these cats came over there, and we rehearsed at least two or three months every Monday, just putting our little set together and, you know, hustling and doing little gigs around town, making no money. You know, you know, I was still doing my tours and stuff, doing, but when I was at home, I was I was all about this, good times brass band, good times horns, good times whatever. And um, fast forward six years, we just did the BET Awards backing up, all the artists, you know, and we're um, working with Blackstone and working with a lot of other people, man. But I just, you know, we're not just musicians. I do, you know, consider those guys family. They're my brothers. You know, our families break bread, but break bread together. We uh, we hang out outside of jam sessions and instruments. We can go just go have dinner, go have a drink or something, and just kick it. And I, you know, I think that's that's important when trying to build something with people. You know, find people of like minds and people who want to who want to grow and, um, and that's whatever you're trying to do. And, um, 
that's been great for me. And I and I and I know we just getting started. I, you know, I was talking to my trombone player yesterday. We had a session, and I was like, "Look, man, I just feel it. I know we are destined for even greater things right now." So I just, you know, positivity, um, you know, and not being pulled out by naysayers and negativity and all this and that. Just get your own thing, man. God bless the child has got his own, and that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, like I said, you guys, Mike Burton on Tamar Talks Radio, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy every time I see a post with all y'all in a photo together because it really defines loyalty and, like you said, like-mindedness, and it's not easy to come by. So I'm so proud of y'all. I don't know what to do. I-, I-, I have to ask two more questions, though. To come from the background, let's be real, when you do your solos now working with Jill Scott and Patti LaBelle, you know, you come on out to the forefront. What does that feel like to go from – you know, oh, that saxophone solo was nice to people having a face with the name. And, and you, you know me, I, I can be shy and reserved at times, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's really helped me to, to step out there and say, look, man, you can do this. You know, even from playing with Jill and playing with Miss Patty and, um, you know, even, you know, being, being a front man for my own band. You know, having to get out there and talk to people, engage the crowd and sing songs and do all this stuff. It's just, you know, you just got to do it. I think, you know, when I, when I was younger, I would pray for things and pray for certain situations to happen. And now, you know, I tell folks, be careful, be careful what you pray for because God will give it to you. You know, so now that I'm here, it's like, all right, God, you know, I got I to gotta go ahead and do this thing. So uh, it's, it's it's amazing. And, and it's still, a, you know, a learning experience. And, uh, you know, I have my, my daughter's a, you know they're they're both talented and they want they want to be in acting and singing and all this kind of stuff. So even just for them to see their father doing these kind of things, um, you know, it's 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 a great thing, and I feel blessed. You know. All right, Mike Burton. I really I really want to say thank you so much for being on Tamar Talks podcast. Before we go, you got to tell me which one is your favorite track from your Say What. Um, project because that's the one we're gonna jam right after we conclude this interview. Uh, I probably say messing it up. That seems to be most people's favorites. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's got a nice go-go groove to it, but it's also just talking about um, lots of things going on in the world today, man. You know, just uh, giving folks the benefit of the doubt and just loving people and staying positive. You know, so I say messing it up. Messing it up. All right. Well, you guys heard it here first. This is Tamar Talks Radio with Mr. Mike Burton. Thank you so much for being a part of my, this new thing that I'm doing, just bringing awareness to, I feel like, you know, people that we need to hear from. And so I really, really, really appreciate it so much. Thank, thank you so much. And I'm extremely proud of you. You always doing some amazing somewhere all over the world doing something and, and just being a, you know, a positive example to young girls all, all over the world, especially you know, brown girls. So thank you, you know, and keep shining. For being a part of the Tamar Talks podcast. Thank you for your education, your words of wisdom, man. Like, you really was spitting some knowledge, the unity of it all. Like, 
to all my fellow artists or whoever, whatever you're doing, unite, unite, unite. If there's something that you don't know, ask, talk to people. You never know. You might form a little merger or joint venture or partnership. You never know. But there's definitely power in numbers. I know that. Trust me, I know that. You guys, it's your girl Ashley Tamar, a.k.a. Tamar Davis, Tamar Talks Podcast. If you are in the Houston area and you want to give some money or if you want to walk in a good cause, this is Fibroid Month. Um, I did talk about it on a previous podcast and this Saturday... At 8 a.m. is the first ever Goddess Womb Holistic Fibroid Walk in the city of Houston. Please check out my um, podcast right before this. It is posted on all my social media. It'll be good if you can come out and support. And if not, you know, just donate $5. $5 goes a long way to causes. And I'm sure as you give, God will definitely replenish you in ways you will not imagine. Please, you guys, enjoy this funky tune from Mike Burton called Messing It Up featuring the Good Times Brass Band on his latest project, you guys, called Say What? I say, I say, I say, say what? (laughs) All right, you guys, it's your girl, Ashley Tamar. Do not forget to say your prayers. Do not forget to encourage, inspire, be a blessing, be a vessel, be willing to be used because you never know who you will be blessing. Love you guys. Talk to you guys soon.
gonna be a new day Seems so clear to me to be all that I 